Hello and Happy New Year. This is Reverend Judith Laxer. Wherever you are, all over our precious planet Gaia, thank you for listening to the podcast of our service entitled A Great Transformation. My wish is that the food for thought offered brings great nourishment for your soul. Gaia's temple, a loving ministry for the goddess, is supported solely by those like you who partake of its teachings. If everyone donated just $3 each time they tune in, that would ensure our continuance. If you feel served by listening, please push the donate button now and give generously. We'd be most grateful. Thank you and blessed be. Well, my friends, and so it is 2024. 2024 begins. Well, 2024 has begun, actually. And for those uh, like you and me who follows nature's rhythms, it might seem a bit odd to have chosen this time in our annual sojourn around the sun to call a new year. I mean, the winter solstice, when the sunlight begins to grow again, makes way more sense to me um, to call a beginning. But now, kind of halfway between Yule and Imbolc, just, I don't know, kind of seems crazy to me. But we all know the long history of overriding nature to meet man-made constructs, and constructs of time are included. Divvying up the time within our annual solar cycle in ways that don't sync with nature rather than follow nature, which I still will never quite understand. I'm talking about cosmic nature here, the sun, the moon, the two most potent influences on our precious planet, Gaia, Mother Earth, she who we worship today, home. And those two strongest influences on Mother Earth are the sun for the seasons and the moon for the rhythmic tides of fertility, crucial for life on planet Earth. Now, I'll be talking more about the reckoning of time on the calendar next month when we examine leap year uh, a bit more specifically, but suffice it to say that after all this time, we are all on board with and agree to now write 2024 on all our correspondences. Um, instead of 2023. We have collectively agreed that this is a new year. And so it is. And so it is. This is the power of collective agreement, you see. And I want to talk about that for a moment, well, for the service. Uh, the power of the collective, particularly when momentum comes into play. Because those two things, collective agreement and momentum, are great energies to work with to make great transformations. The new year, the solstices, the equinoxes, these are time markers that we collectively experience simply by the fact that we're earthlings. And each year, everyone is going to see, everyone on the planet is going to see those dates change. Um, and everyone is going to see those dates named on the wall calendars, new year, Solstices and equinoxes, you'll see that on any well, wall calendar. And um, whether you reckon those dates of the solstices and the equinoxes as the beginning of the seasons, which happens in secular society, or the peak of the seasons, which good old-fashioned pagans do, uh, we still agree that that is the season. Winter, spring, summer, and autumn. We are in collective agreement about that. We are so used to it, we don't even think about it anymore. It's just the is factor. So recently, 
We all had another kind of collective experience with the pandemic, didn't we? A global collective experience. Everyone on Mother Earth knew about this contagious disease and was affected by this pandemic. The entire collective of the planet, even those in the most remote places, I'm sure, knew about the pandemic, even if they might not have been directly affected or immediately threatened by the virus. What a far-reaching effect it had. When everyone on the planet shares an experience, even if our individual experiences of that experience differ, it has a significant effect. I sure would love to know what it feels like to have a shared global experience of peace and goodwill. But that was not the feeling of the pandemic, was it? No, it was not. Together, we all grappled with a threat to life in a deep and life-altering way. And we still need healing from that, collectively. On a physical level, level uh, WebMD, which, you know, is on the internet, so that's all I'm saying about that, tells us, although, you know, I mean, you can go down the rabbit hole with research, and as much as you hear this, that's how much you're going to hear that. Um, this, some of the things that WebMD said, made some neutral sense to me. And it tells us that the virus mutates quickly, which we know is true. It can be spread by people who do not have symptoms, which we know is true. And no one knows how long the vaccination protects from the infection. And for these reasons, traditional herd immunity may not be reached. But COVID may be kept under control through annual vaccinations, like we take vaccinations for other infectious diseases. So one way or another, we are now in the process of shifting from the pandemic phase, which is the unhindered spread of infectious disease, to the endemic chapter of COVID-19. And that means the numbers of infections are no longer growing exponentially, and healthcare systems are not overwhelmed. So thankfully, Although we are still dealing with COVID-19, we are past the worst of it. Can I get a blessed be? Blessed be. All right. Now, I want to speak to the psycho-spiritual healing that we also need collectively from this experience. For me, it was March 16, 2020, when word arrived to isolate. Stay home. Mask up. Wash everything, especially your hands, again and again and again. It was surreal. And we all know what happened from there. In classic Age of Aquarius manner, technology bloomed and zoomed to keep everyone in touch in a way that had never happened before in any pandemic in history, which was a blessing. But there were also uh, many challenges and losses, of course, due to this situation. Um, many of us began working rem remotely. Many of us faced the challenge of transmuting their business to online programs and platforms. Many of us still had to go to work with other people, feeling as if we were risking our lives, particularly medical personnel. Some of us who were single felt the deep loneliness of isolation. Some of us who are partnered would have given their eye teeth to be alone for a little while. Some of us took a deep breath and slowed down for the first time in our lives. And throughout all of it was the threat that we could catch something that would take our lives. Now, I don't say this to trigger or to re-trigger us. I say this because over the course of the three years, 
isolating became so normalized, we might not realize the impact that it's had on us. We are social creatures. We are meant to be together. Our wholeness and health relies on the safety, love, and belonging we feel when we are within community. In a recent Sun magazine, Molly Worthen, a freelance journalist and associate professor of history at the University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill, was interviewed. And here is the introduction to the interview, and the interview was called Losing Our Religion on the Modern Search for Meaning by Stacy Kleinmeier. That was the interviewer, and she wrote the introduction, which says, since the 1960s, American religious affiliation has been in decline. For more than two centuries, religious institutions have given our lives meaning beyond day-to-day -day experience, offered a connection between the mundane and the spiritual, and served as a powerful source of social and political authority. But more and more, Americans are looking elsewhere to make sense of the chaos and uncertainty of life. And then in the interview, Worthen, the woman who was interviewed, says that the trend in the West is the expansion of the do-it-yourself ethos. And this is a quote. She says, the aim isn't salvation so much as optimization, better sleep, inner peace, and profitable entrepreneurship. Better sleep, inner peace, and profitable entrepreneurship. Our ever-present capitalism. So during the interview, when asked what has caused this decline in community institutions, she says, and I quote, the story of progress in the West is tangled up with the story of individual, of the individual becoming the only unit that counts in any social setting the entity to which rights accrue. But it hasn't come without a cost. Our epidemic of isolation is the legacy of that same noble intellectual tradition to which we owe so much. American culture fetishizes the individual through a very narrow idea of freedom as the absence of restraint. You are most free if you just allow your authentic self to flourish without impingements from the outside. So our students come to college having been told that they're supposed to find themselves and their passion. And she says, I think this is a severely crippled and sometimes wrong-headed notion of what true freedom actually entails because it's based on the false assumption that there's some autonomous diamond inside you that just needs uncovering. Our sense of identity, however, is always formed in conversation with culture and community and the process of taking on serious duties. That's how we actually form our identities. And she goes on to say, we're social creatures. Whether you believe we evolved or were created to be this way, we want to be in relationship with one another. And we're also meaning-seeking creatures. So humans flourish in a web of relationships that signify something on a larger, transcendent context that serve a purpose larger than our own ego gratification. Operating as if our primary task were to achieve happiness, that our primary task is to be happy, 
and defining happiness as freedom from duties and obligations instead of seeing, uh, seeing them as burdens instead of opportunities lands us in a place that is out of touch with human nature, a place of anxiety and loneliness and the constant pressure to find fulfillment. There's a pressure to that, right? If I'm not finding myself happy, I'm failing. I mean, it's just like, it's insane. It's just insane. Anyway, I just went off there. But getting back to her <laughs> quote, she says, this leads to the dopamine hit of social media and the incredible, uh, incredibly fragile egos that depend on them to develop a sense of sense, so sense of self. Now, I won't go into much about social media right here, except to say that uh, what she cites uh, this as what she cites this social media as what has replaced gatherings such as this, when we are in the room together when our web of interconnection is present in real time and physical space. Our senses are fulfilled in a way that cannot be done when we are not together. And we need that for our mental health as human beings. We need it. This is the meaning of the lyric, no man is an island, no man stands alone. We are in this together. Now, we had to isolate because of the pandemic, and because we did, the blessings of technology that kept us together now have become a reason to stay apart. And this worries me. I think it's preventing us from fully healing from the pandemic aspect of COVID-19, which is all a very long-winded way of saying we need to start gathering in person again for our mental health and for the health of our society. We need to be together. We need to be together because when we isolate too much and we separate from other people, that gap is where hate grows. We need to be together with each other to remember our humanity. When our humanity goes out the door, hate comes in the window. We need to be together. These are the serious duties that we must take seriously. So yes, we need to do our personal work. Yes, we do. Please do. Uncover the diamond that you are. But then we need to take what we have strengthened through that work and apply it for the collective highest good of all. To me, uh, to take all the good stuff that we are finding within ourselves and to use it to heal us as a whole. That's really the idea. I'm going to do my personal work to be the best human I can be so that I can then serve the world, not just for me. Do you know that we just reached over 8 billion people on this planet? 8.1 billion people on planet Earth. That's a lot of people. Now, I do want to say that getting back together in person is not going to happen the way it did before the pandemic, right? The pandemic changed us, and and that's the truth of it. We can't forget that it changed us, and we need to honor those changes too. For example, because we were not successful in killing off this virus, we now live in a very different world than before it made its way into the world, and in many cases into our bodies. So we would be foolish to expect to go back to business as usual now. Business as usual. Regardless of whether or not you were vaccinated and boosted, some are still experiencing the, the hardship of long COVID. 
you know, the lingering cough and the fatigue, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And exposure to the virus several times contributes to the long-term effects of the virus. So with the rise of so many autoimmune diseases, not everyone heals as quickly or as fully as others. We need to be sensitive to this, to do our civic duty, always have a mask with us in case we're asked to put it on for the safety of other people. Also, to feel free to wear our mask if we want to protect ourselves in this way, and for all of us to let go of any judgments about how anyone wants to take care of their own health. Not to cop an attitude because someone's wearing a mask when you don't, and not to cop an attitude because you're wearing a mask and someone else isn't. It's a good idea to test yourself before going into a large, tight crowd or a small space with many people. This is how we stay engaged in communities and keep them safe. And, and this is a way we do it in a respectful way also. This is how we honor the principle of serving the highest good, not trying to pretend it didn't happen and not being sensitive to the fact that it did and we're experiencing the lingering effects. We need to determine what we believe in our spirituality, yes, and then we need our spirituality to live into our actions. So, I realize I might have said some things that might be unpopular, but I felt the need to say them because I think there's a collective healing that needs to happen. Of course, I was chagrined to read uh, the intro to the interview in The Sun magazine about religious affiliation declining in the 60s, but it makes sense as our culture has shifted specifically away from outside authority, right? New age thought. We have shifted from the Piscean age when we look to religious and intellectual masters for, for guidance, we look to them as authorities, and now to the Aquarian age of egalitarianism. I actually like that, that egalitarianism thing. And we must remember that we can participate in egalitarian society without isolating. You gotta find that. This do-it-yourself ethos makes sense uh, as we are still quite early in the age of Aquarius. We're still getting our Aquarians on, you know? And Aquarian, Aquarian age, it longs for freedom from authority. The Aquarian age signifies a shift from viewing authority outside ourselves to one within ourselves. There are big, wonderful, and worthy things about finding our own authority. I highly recommend that you do it. It's great, and it's uh, in alignment with our evolution, you know, as long as it is accompanied by good critical thinking. Good critical thinking skills. If we become our own authority, but we are not wise, doesn't bode well. And for the record, just because I'm talking about religious institutions and I'm standing up here as the founding priestess of this one, I want you to know that I do not think of myself as a spiritual authority. I heard and responded to a call to spiritual service, and I have chosen to focus my life force there. But as a priestess, I don't think of myself as better or more adept at keeping the faith than anyone else. I feel the impetus to share my spiritual understanding. I feel a strong desire to create environments where we can all experience that magic together. And I keep showing up for it and I keep spending my energy there. I worship the goddess and I believe that if more of us do, we will heal the wounds of the world, and that is my work for the highest good of all. That's my work for the highest good of all. 
But I hope that if you have experienced my services in Gaia's Temple, or if you're here for the first time, that um, you have not found me to be someone who is telling you what to do or how to believe. That's not what I want to do. I simply share with you what I know, what I love about nature-based spirituality, and suggest ways to engage in it. I believe that even with all our access to all kinds of information on the interwebs, on just about anything that you are curious about, that it is important to uphold spiritual and community institutions in which people find belonging, such as Gaia's Temple, that offer our lives meaning beyond day-to-day -day experiences, that offer a connection between the mundane and the spiritual. It's so important, I think. Although I don't think of our temple as a powerful source of social and political authority, it is a powerful spiritual entity in which our social and political needs can be met. I know it's very dicey to even say the word political in a house of worship. But I believe as Starhawk teaches that the spiritual is the political because our spiritual sensibilities affect who we are, what we do, and where we align, where we put our resources in our society. That is part of the politic. And all of those things affect the politic. And in wordy nerd fashion, we remember that the root of the word politic, the P-O-L-I, comes from the Greek, meaning cities, citizens, and civil affairs. It grounds it in place. It's where we live and how we interact there, how we act when we are in places where we feel we belong. So, back to the collective agreement thing. Sure, the calendar, the cosmos, pandemics, right? These are very grand gifts of, that the goddess has given us <laughs> to learn and evolve. Thank you very much, Mama. The nature that affects sea, exactly. See what I mean? They're huge. Thank you, Cynthia. I, I would have preferred a thrump bump, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> So the nature that affects all of us creates a momentum in transformation. The nature that affects all of us creates a momentum in transformation. I'm sure you can feel how things are changing in our world. I'm sure you can feel that. Let's not forget that we participate in how that change goes. Let's not forget how powerful we are when we uphold the ideal of the highest good of all instead of just, you know, me, 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 me. When it comes to the manifestation of our best visions, we have power, we have juice. And that juice is not fossil fuel because it's energy not matter. That energy, our energy, has so much power to influence the world. We forget that. We must not forget that. And the thing to remember is that it's good to be familiar with that power, to know that power, to work that power, no matter what the future holds. Why not influence the future the way we would like to see it? By directing our energy toward our vision of a healthy and just world. Why not? What better thing could we possibly be engaged in? Because that energy, that power, is our thread of loving goodness 
woven into the fabric of the world, and it deserves to be there just like all the other fabrics do. We can weave it consciously, working with the power that we create and we generate, we uplift and we direct together. That, my friends, creates momentum. Collective energy is gathered now because we're only two weeks into the new year, just coming over the cusp of the turning year, when many of us on planet Earth, a large majority of the collective, consider doing something new or something different. There's just the New Year's resolution, it's a new year, this year I'm gonna, you know, all that that we do. So uh, we can join that momentum and strengthen our influence for a great transformation. We need that this year, don't we? Yes, we do. This is a very potent, magical technique, so keep that in mind. Part of our magical practices, like on the Sabbaths, in our own rituals, on the phases of the moon, in any other spiritual work that we do in sacred space, when we work the energy to a peak, we are using our collective momentum. It's very powerful. Don't forget that we have that at our fingertips and our breath and in our bodies. We don't have, here's the other thing, we don't all have to be working toward the same goal for this momentum to work, for things to manifest. We can cause a great transformation, working energy, collective energy, when we think in terms of momentum. We're just using the momentum. I'm going to take that momentum and I'm going over here. I don't have to go the same you're going, we're just working the energy, right? Um, sure, uh, there is power in numbers, like when we're all working toward the same thing, even smoother, absolutely. Um, but we don't have to all be working the same energy. I'm sure there are others who want exactly what we want, uh, who are wielding their energy toward the same loving goodness as we are. And we don't even have to know who they are, but we know that they are there. And we know when we do this work, we are tapping into that energetic energy vibe through there, but even if we don't know about that, we can still use that momentum. All we need to do is project our energy in the collective energy already surging at the beginning of a new year and thereby strengthen the momentum of change. That's what we have the power to do. So I'll ask you to take a moment now, close your eyes and go within. Let's do a little visualization. But first, find your grounding core deep in the earth that we uh, set down at the beginning of the service. Ground yourself, reestablish that grounding. And then take another deep breath, deep cleansing breath. And then bring your attention up to your third eye in the center of your forehead. Imagine it like your actual eye Open it up and look out through it into your imagination and find yourself sitting at a large, clear glass round table that has a very large round gap in the center of the table. And in the center of that table is our planet, Mother Earth, our precious planet floating there in the center, that blue and green jewel whom we love so much. And what you realize now is that what you initially thought was a dark room all around you is really space. 
Yep, that final frontier. You have somehow pulled up a chair and sat down at a great cosmic table to view this, and our planet is slowly revolving on her axis in the center of the table, and from your vantage point, you can see the iconic continents as she turns and they come into view. And now you notice that certain parts of some of those continents have changed color. They are a fiery red, and instinctively, you know these are the parts of the world at war. Ukraine and Russia, the Middle East, Gaza. These two are particularly dominant, but you can see smaller fires, lesser wars, but wars nonetheless raging around the globe. And it's disturbing because you know it doesn't have to be like this. Earth can be peaceful and beautiful and bountiful with enough for everyone. You can sense that these fiery red sections reflect a very old story of might makes right. And you find you strongly want to change that story, to write a new story, to douse those angry red fires and replace them with the flowing cool blue of compassionate water. So take a moment now and picture and imagine a blue wave of energy that is awakened consciousness, the principle of active, compassionate love encircling our globe that is floating there in the center. See the peaceful blue roll all around our mother and watch as a great transformation takes place with the momentum of a new year, the momentum of the collective, the momentum we have created here in this very room, just us putting out the fires, transforming the embers and ash into calm peace, a peace that bathes the earth, wakes us up to a new story, all of us, expands consciousness, dissolving the old stories that perpetuate the same old patriarchal answer to everything, which is conflict. Our blue wave of energy soothes, calms, brings healing and peace and it encircles, infuses, permeates everywhere on planet Earth. Watch this for a moment now, feel the relief, focus your energy of supporting this vision, no matter how unlikely it may seem. Envision that blue wave of peaceful energy encircling the Earth now. And then take a nice deep breath. Let the image fade and gently bring yourself back here to the sanctuary. Now we know we have to take real actions in the real world to bring peace. We need reconciliation. We need all the things that we need. But we also can use this energetic together. And that supports us 
It brings hope and inspiration and it strengthens our faith. Don't forget that magical power. I almost went like this. Put that finger away. So when we focus our energy toward the feeling of coming together instead of falling apart, when we hone our energy into the collective such that our actions are as high-level consciousness as we can, that's it. That's it. And it's truly gratifying. And it's gratifying no matter the result, because we are spending our time choosing to live our lives thusly focused. What a much better way to be focused. Our souls can feel more peaceful because we know we're working for the highest good of all. Animal, vegetable, and mineral. Every kind of community. Loved. Loved so well that hate is vanquished. Can I get a blessed be? Blessed be. Blessed be. So we have another song that we're going to sing now. I'm going to invite Oriel to come on up and she's going to teach us the chorus and you'll catch on really quickly because it's, it's beautiful and very easy. And uh, know that as we sing this song, we are using that collective energy as momentum. Okay, we're going to learn another song. <gasps> My husband's here. <laughs> See what that momentum can do? I didn't know. Okay. Um, okay. Mm, would you give me an A, please? I just did it, and now he's so cute, I forgot <laughs> what my note was. <laughs> Thank you. Mm -hmm. All right, so I'm going to teach you the chorus. You're going to help sing the chorus of this song and also the response. So the chorus, um, I'll just sing it through once, and then we'll do a call and response uh, form of learning that, and then the other part. Honestly, I don't need to teach no, the other know. part. We'll you'll, get it. you'll you'll get that. Um, okay. Mm. All right. So it goes. Oh mama ma oh oh mama ma oh mama ma oh oh mama ma. So now we'll do call and response. Okay. Oh mama ma oh oh mama ma oh oh mama ma. Oh, my mama, oh, my oh, my oh, my mama, oh, my mama, oh, my oh, mama, oh, my mama, oh, Good. We're going to have fun with that. All right. So um, I think that's good. Let's All do right. Oh, my mama, oh, oh, my mama, 
mama, oh mama, oh oh mama, oh mama, oh mama, the earth is a circle. Oh, mama, ma, the earth is our mother. Oh, mama, ma, the earth is turning. Oh, mama, ma, the earth is dancing. Oh, mama, ma, oh, mama, ma, oh, oh, mama, ma. Mama, oh, oh, mama, ma. oh, mama, ma. oh, mama, mama, oh, mama, ma. oh, mama, ma. oh, mama, ma. the sky is a circle, oh, mama, ma. the sky is a Mama, the sky is turning. Oh, mama, ma. the stars are dancing. Oh, mama, ma. everybody sing it. Oh, mama, ma. oh, mama, ma. oh, mama, ma. oh, mama, ma. Mama, the year is turning. Oh, mama, ma. the seasons are dancing. Oh, mama, ma. the seasons are dancing. Oh, mama, ma. Beautiful. 
Abby Spinner wrote such great music. We are Gaia's children. We belong here and we belong here together. And as we move forward in time, a world of togetherness is the world that I want to live in. A world of compassionate belonging, where needs are met and love thrives. I sure hope that's your wish too, and that you join me in manifesting it collectively with momentum. So speaking of belonging, each January, we offer an opportunity for those in our congregation who would like to deepen and formalize and be ceremonially acknowledged for their commitment within our community to become official members of Gaia's Temple. And becoming an official member, because everyone in the congregation is a member of our congregation, but official membership is an expression of one's commitment to walking the path of the divine feminine together, a path of honoring nature and uh, furthering developing compassion and relatedness. So we have a very simple ceremony, and I'm going to ask Heidi and Jeff Orr, Lou Cabine, and Stephanie Kwan to walk to the entrance there, and in a moment I'll ask you to come on down in a line. And I'd like to ask the board of directors who have their roles in this ceremony to come forward as well. I'm gonna teach you the song. Actually, did you put the lyrics, um, Tema, can you put the lyrics up first? Thank you. We have a song that we sing. We sing it in every January, so many of you will know it. But in case you don't, let's, uh, let's sing it through once. Remember the mother, remember her sacred ways. We, her children, rebuild the temple every day. Here's the lyric. She's our creator, the one who gave us birth. We live within her sacred grove of earth. Remember the mother, remember her sacred ways. We, her children, rebuild the temple every day and then the next verse and then we go back to the chorus so we're going to start from the beginning again and once we start singing then i'll ask you all to just come down in a line and we'll just begin and you're going to come here first and um tema is going to bless you with holy water and then pamela here are the pins very good and after they get blessed, you make sure. So you're going to get blessed with holy water. And then Noemi's going to hand you a guy's temple booklet. And then you're going to come on up here and face outward. We'll start like that. Here we go. Remember the mother. Remember her sacred ways. We, her children, rebuild the temple every day she's our creator the one who gave us birth we live within her sacred grove of earth remember the mother remember her sacred ways we, her children, rebuild the temple every day. We'll 
we'll sing the second verse on the way out. And Tema, I'm going to ask you to go. You're going to have to put the dedication back up in a moment, the lyrics. Thank you so much. So now our new-to-be members open up your booklet, and on the opening page on the left is your dedication. They're going to read the dedication to us, and then Tema is going to put our response to them, and we'll read that in unison. So go ahead, folks. Mm -hmm. All together in unison. Okay, and then we respond with, it's not on the slides? Oh my goodness, okay, I'm just going to say it, I'm going to say it and we'll do it call and response. We, the congregation of Gaia's temple, acknowledge, appreciate, and support your commitment, acknowledge, appreciate, and support your commitment to the mission of our ministry, to the mission of our ministry. May your path be one of loving action, May your path be one of loving action. And, joyous fulfillment. and joyous fulfillment. We welcome you as members of Gaia's temple. Blessed be! You're going to go back Jack, that way, and Pam's going to pin you, and we're going to sing. Remember the mother, remember her sacred ways. We, her children, rebuild the temple every day. Let's sing the second verse now. Know the ground is holy with every step we make. Gaia is living with every breath we take. Remember the mother, remember her sacred ways. We, her children, rebuild the temple every day. She's our creator, the one who gave us birth. Gaia is living, a sacred grove of earth. Remember the mother, remember her sacred ways. We, her children, rebuild the temple every day. Know the ground is holy with every step we take. Gaia is living in every breath we take. Remember the mother, remember her sacred ways. We, her children, rebuild the temple every day. Congratulations.
Congratulations, new members, and thank you for strengthening Gaia's temple with your spiritual love. May your commitment here today enrich your soul, and may it enrich all of our souls. Thanks to all of you here for helping to keep a community-oriented institution of faith alive and well. Your presence here means everything. It means everything to me, but it means everything to everybody. We might be a small drop in that bucket, but a drop we are. Thanks to all of you, and may our collective energy roll around the circle of our lives in healing waves, bringing its magic of a great transformation for the better in 2024. Blessed be. This is where we open up the flare, 